Um, my audio interface has not exploded at this point. Um, looks like OBS is still recording even. Hey, uh, see, look, Craig, both Craig and Jerk are in here. You got the, the hum figured out. Um, yeah, my audio interface hasn't burst into flames yet. Uh, it's shaping up to be a pretty good day, Dan. <laughs> when we have to remember how to do it all over again and stumble over everything, we'll, we'll figure that out. It'll be fine. If we totally botch fine. it, we got tomorrow. That, wait, what's tomorrow? Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Oh, no, yep. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Backup recording day uh, because we are that bad. Yeah, okay, right. I got you. Maybe that's the name of the uh, title. If we totally botch it, we got tomorrow. You know what? Uh, just this was a backup recording. Episode, uh, season two, episode one. This was the backup. <laughs> Backups minus one. Oh, <laughs> yep. See, and that's why we have Wednesday, man. Well, see, and that's why we have Thursday. Right? Yeah, if we get really desperate. You know what? What's going to end up happening is we're just going to just throw out the Craig recording and just call it season two, episode one. It's, you know what? No, no. I have the confidence. We're good. It's going to be great. Three, two, one. Brisket. Brisket. Coming up on this episode of Linux User Space, Mozilla Watch, Simon Peter refines our take on app images, that there free node kerfuffle, and no teary, just geary. Welcome to season two of Linux User Space. Yeah, two. I'm Leo. And I'm Dan. And I've got new stuff. Nice. Some new stuff. So Dan, you you built you built all these computers. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't I couldn't let that stand. I couldn't well, no, let yeah. that go unanswered. So I had to build one too. Nice. Uh I'm I was coming off of a Ryzen 7 1700, which by the way. As of the recording right now, is not compatible with Windows 11. Do you know this? Oh yeah, well that doesn't surprise me. No TPM chip in there, is there? I I actually I'd never checked, but I think the CPU itself is uh, is that why the CPU is not on the the list of things that Windows will like after 2025? Yeah, prob probably because uh, you need the trusted platform module so that um windows can say yeah okay we can install on that ah yeah so i saw uh the tpm chips that are like 15 bucks are now a hundred dollars oh yeah well yeah everything's jumped astronomically because we can't get enough of this scalping i think uh first it was it was graphics cards then the 5900x that i wanted just no you can't have graphics cards and still processors i mean and this is just adding on to that for sure I was so afraid that when I got the CPU that I got that the 5900X would be available immediately after I bought it and that I'd have to return it or I'd be out of the return window and I would just be out of luck. But no, you still can't buy a 5900X, mm-hmm. which which that's that's exactly what I wanted. But I felt like, I, do I need 12 cores? No. 
Do I want 12 cores? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want 12 cores. Maybe one day, not today. What'd you, what'd you settle on? A 5800X, which is the step down. It's okay. I am not uh, upset in any way whatsoever with the performance. What, uh, for a little bit, I guess, I was upset with the cooling situation. Okay. So uh, we had a conversation about yep. this during our, during our kind of ramp up to season two. And I mean, 90 degrees, that's toasty. On any CPU I have ever owned, even the earlier hotter AMD, like 955 Black Edition, yep. those things were toasty back then, but not a single CPU have I ever owned, even got it close to 90C, unless it was some kind of mechanical failure or some kind of I built it wrong kind of yeah. thing, right? Forgot I the thermal paste, something like that, right? Exactly, right? No, I, I reseated this thing mm. multiple times. I, I swapped coolers. It's just hot. I mean, it's just, it's a, just hot. a hot chip. Yep. So I did look it up. Uh, I did find, I think it was PC Mag or uh, PC World or something like that. I had an interview with the marketing guy from, uh, from AMD. And straight up, the answer to that is, no, that's fine. 90C wow. is fine. That's, that's incredibly hot, I feel like. Yeah, it is. I think it is. I think that's really hot, but AMD doesn't seem to think so. So I just, I'm okay. It's okay. I guess if that's a normal operating uh, parameter, then that's fine. Yep. I, you know, honestly, okay, I said that it's fine. It's not fine. I, I, I still took some measures to kind of crank that back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Turns out uh, AMD has this thing called eco mode okay. that you can scale back how much power you give the CPU to kind of, um, I mean, well, to save energy, really, mm -hmm. but um, an, an added benefit of that is uh, you don't get so much of that single core boost, yeah. which will throttle the temperatures a little bit. So I think the highest temperatures I see anymore on a 95 watt eco threshold, I guess yeah. we could call it, uh, is about 85 C. Oh, that's not so bad. Well, and that so the other thing with that is it is you you mentioned it. It's the single core temperature. It's not the whole die temperature. Right, right, right. So uh, I'm okay with this. 85 is fine. I did I did do some testing with the 65 watt eco mode, mm -hmm. and I didn't see above 70. Nice. So that that would keep your fans nice and quiet and cool and 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 you know not not noisy. Yeah. So that would be nice in that sort of environment if that was important to you. Right. Absolutely. So I started off with a. Um, a Cooler Master Master Liquid 120 V2 RGB. A bunch of letters to just mean it's an all-in-one with a single 120 millimeter fan and, uh, you know, pretty lights. That that should run fairly good, I would think. I agree. And according to, you know, marketing guy, uh, it, it should have. And because 90 is fine. Mm -hmm. And so it did hit 90 on that cooler. I probably could have stayed with that cooler. I didn't. Uh, I, I decided because I was scared of 90C uh, to move over to a Hyper 212 Evo and have a, you know, in a push-pull, have two fans on it uh, and get that air out of there. I saw, I don't know, maybe a 5C improvement. Yeah, that, that's a great cooler, and, and I would expect at least 5 to 10, maybe 10, depending on, yep. on the CPU. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's nice. That falls in line. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, I'm happy with that. Uh, it's actually much quieter. So uh, yeah. one thing I learned with this all-in-one cooler situation is that even on the small pumps, uh, the big pumps, all the pumps, the pumps are loud. Yeah. I mean, 
I was under the impression that you went water cooling or liquid cooling because you wanted things to be so whisper quiet you didn't even know your computer was on. Mm-hmm. I had that before on air. Um, I have that now again on air, but it was way louder with the pump. Listening to the pump. Yeah. So, I mean, at, at best, I, I hear a little uh, rushing breeze. Okay. Not not anything that would you know grab your attention or anything like that. But that pump, I feel like that pump was kind of loud. Maybe other brands' pumps aren't so loud, but yeah, the Cooler Master one was a little hot or anything, a little uh, a little loud. Yeah, anything mechanical like that's going to have some sound coming from somewhere. I mean, it just how loud is it going to be, right? Yeah. Well, it didn't dawn on me. It didn't dawn on me, Dan. No. I didn't think about it, and I was like, oh yeah, it's totally for quiet people. Yeah, totally. No, that's nope. the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the rig is a uh, MSI MPG B550 Gaming Plus caveat here. They have almost an identical motherboard MSI. They have a Tomahawk Plus or Tomahawk Pro or something like that. Okay. When you drill down, it's the same motherboard. Oh. With just a different Northbridge cooler on it. Oh. Like, well, really why did. would you do that? That doesn't make any difference at all. No. Why, why, would you, why would you make two of the same exact motherboard and kind of saturate your own market? and confuse people. I don't know. So I saw review after review that it didn't matter. Just pick whichever one was on sale. <laughs> okay. So I did. And it looks fine. It's got RGB on it too. I brought over my 5700 XT. Uh, I bought um, 32 gigs of 3600 megahertz uh, G-Skill Triton Z Neo. So more RGB, nice. right? That this is really lighting up. It, it Okay. So when you shut off all the lights and you leave the room, the whole room is still lit up. Yeah, so, I bet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've got a Western Digital Black NVMe coming to me uh, today, probably. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe the, the rain scared them off, uh, but we'll, that'll be here soon enough. Yeah, that, those are good. That's what I put in both of the kids' machines was the uh, Western Digital Black NVMe's. And, uh, okay. They've been very happy with them. Uh, 500 gigs, I think I put yep. in both of them. Yep. That's what I went for. Yep. Um, yep. That's fantastic. Cause I have a Western Digital Blue in my NAS mm-hmm. uh, at the same, at the same size. And it, it's been fantastic. Um, I mean, the thing boots up seriously from a reboot. 10 seconds from the moment you press enter on sudo reboot on an SSH session mm-hmm. until you're able to get another SSH prompt. So, wow, that's quick. Yeah. And so the black is supposed to be way faster than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that I need it to be faster than that. Eh, why not? But, um, Coming from, you remember those those days back in the day where you'd reboot a computer, but you could also turn on the coffee pot and have a cup of coffee by the time you sit back down and get to work? Yeah, no, that, that's not it. No, this is not that time. Those days are gone. Yeah, man. absolutely. Those days are gone. Yeah, my son has been very happy. He runs Pop! OS, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's been very happy with his. He's got the 3600, um, you know, Ryzen 5 uh, CPU, and uh, very similar specs. He's got the... Radeon RX 5500. Right. And uh, the Western Digital Black, and uh, that's been working well for him. So Fantastic. So, you know, you brought up Pop! OS, and I've been using Pop! OS a whole lot more in my daily life these past few months that we've been on break. And one thing I learned watching a lot of the Windows 7 thing, uh, or Windows 11 kind mm-hmm. of, you know, yep. all the information that's coming out, none of it's set in stone. And I know uh, that anything would just be really just be complaining about nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that if you wanted to turn on Secure Boot, Pop! OS is going to have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. I did not know this before, but none of their kernels are signed, right? So that no. means that 
the secure boot wouldn't work if you tried to dual boot between Windows 11 and Pop! OS. Yeah, I think so. I don't, because I don't think you can turn off secure boot on Windows 11. I think that's the, that's the thing. That's why you need the trusted platform and all that other, you know, making sure your boot structure doesn't get tampered with, which is right. good. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's the current boogeyman I've been seeing all over the internet about uh, all that stuff. Is uh, One of the things is that if you turn off these features, then Windows 11 will recommend or, if not force, you to go back to Windows 10. You know, I, none of this is set in stone. There, there are other distributions, though, that you can use that, that have secure boot. Uh, Fedora, OpenSUSE, and Ubuntu? Yeah, right. They all do, right? <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. just because Pop! OS, and I'm not sure... Pop OS might have been working on that, and maybe they've solved. I don't know. I I'm not not personally, you know, in the know. They may have right. secure boot solved too. Right. Since that, that's they are not a, a dis- for you, distribution, Dan. you know, they're they're a manufacturer and a you know software and hardware distribution. So mm-hmm. maybe they have that solved. I hope so. My my current research says that they don't yet. I know okay. that it's on the on the list of things to do, but it isn't yet, and so. That makes me wonder, I guess, um, if I decided to upgrade to Windows 11 sometime in the future and all of those things stay true mm-hmm. between now and then, is it uh, is, is, is that going to work? Is Pop! OS going to be ready for that? I mean, they've got a whole a huge amount of time, I'm sure, before Windows 11 actually releases and actually has these uh, you know, roadblocks still in place. But um, yeah, I guess I guess that's something to be seen. I've I've been watching that uh, fairly closely here over the past few weeks. Well, Secure Boot's been evolving for a decade now, so it it just seems like you know we should be getting it solved at some point, right? Exactly, exactly. So I hope hopefully that that is the case. Hopefully, uh, System seventy six and Pop OS get that all sorted out uh, right around Windows eleven launch. That way, there's no friction. That would no be great. Friction. Yeah, that would be good. Heck yeah. And now it's time for everybody's favorite section, Mozilla Watch. Yeah. Have we been watching Mozilla these past few months? Well, I haven't let my eye off of it. Not me either. It's still my daily driver. I can't get away from it. It's not necessarily my daily driver, but I do use it quite a bit. So blasphemy, Dan. That's 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 ah. inappropriate for this show. Uh, this show is rated G or PG or something like that, and them's fighting words. Well, not G. That'd be like Google or something. We're not that. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, no. I don't think. Do you use Chrome ever? I don't use Chrome directly, no. Okay. We use Chromium derivatives, right? I do. I use Vivaldi most of the time. Most of the time, that's my thing. Yep. It's got, well, one of my favorite things about it altogether is just the way the workflow happens because of the tab management stuff. Nobody else mm-hmm. has that, and so that's the clear cutaway feature that I really love. Yep. And uh, we have Edge being the closest in it that close. you can you can shift them, but it's nothing like Vivaldi, right? It's I mean, not Vivaldi, the same. You, can, no. you stick your tabs wherever you want your tabs. They don't, they don't put any kind of restriction on you. Um, I mean, everybody else is top tabs, and Edge is, eh, you can move them to the side if you'd like, or you can move them back, and that's it. I like to stack them, and I like to tile them. I like both right. of those things that I can't get anywhere else. Yeah, you have uh you've done something to me, Dan. I can't stop thinking about those like the the, the, stacks? the stacked tabs. That's pretty and cool. It's just it's such an interesting feature 
because the the scenario that I that I came up with a lot of times is that sometimes you just get into like a YouTube rabbit hole when you're researching something or you're learning about some Linux technology and there's eight videos that you want to watch but you don't want it to clutter up. Okay, you know what? There no, there are people out there. I'm talking to you with the 87 tabs open. It's too many tabs. Yeah. How do you how do you know? They're just icons up there at that point. You just so, it's so much work to figure out what you want. This organizes that for yes. you, and then you don't yes. have to. It doesn't get into a cluttered up mess. Ex- exactly. So I've, I'm so I'm like a dozen tabs. It's too much. I got to close it down. I got to start closing tabs at this point. It's too many. I can't handle it. That that's the clear cutaway feature that I love. Exactly. Yep. Th- those are fantastic. Uh, I can't stop thinking about them. But we digress. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about Mozilla and. This redesign, mm-hmm. so I, I think they waited until we went on break to to bring this redesign out because otherwise, uh, you know, we'd have been we'd have been right on it. So yeah, so tab size here is the opposite of what you get with Vivaldi. Just just so you know, yeah, we went from teeny tiny ones to huge, huge, huge tabs. Yeah, they are they are large. Um. I'm not in love with the size of them, but I don't necessarily think that the extra, and it's just six pixels, by the oh, way. The extra six, six pixels, pixels um, is too much. No, it's but not. It's right, it, it's, it's right on the verge there. I mean- It's noticeable. Six pixels is a, is a noticeable amount, actually. Um, surprisingly, surprisingly. I would have guessed way more. I, oh, I would yeah. have been like 10 pixels, 12 pixels, 20 pixels, way more than six. I don't know why it looks so huge yeah, in I, comparison, but it's not. It's not that bad. Like, in, But yeah, it feels bigger and it's good. So it has has the tone of accessibility, I guess, that that is kind of great, right? You'd be able to grab onto those things and select them. I think that makes them more accessible. Um, so that yes. seems like a nice feature. Until, until you start playing any kind of audio in these tabs, yeah, and you want to mute that tab. Uh, stop it! the The motions and what you do are exactly the same. It's what you're presented with when you're not hovering over the tab, right? Um, I have I've kind of grown over these past couple of weeks, um, fond of it. Yeah. I don't necessarily dislike it, but the font is so small. That if you have any trouble reading anything, um, yeah, it's going to be tough to mm-hmm. see that you know something is playing or it's auto play blocked or it's paused or muted tab or oh, you know no. whatever whatever words come up. I think the thing about it is you have to actually hover over the little icon in order to know whether it's muted or not. You don't get, like before, you had the little speaker symbol with the cross out thing if it was muted. Right. That was right there visible. And, but the problem with it was, and I I think the problem with it was, it was right next to the close button. So you could easily mess those up because it was on the right-hand side of the tab. Now Mm -hmm. it's over on the left where like the favicon or whatever is over there. Mm-hmm. And then, so you have to hover over that in order to do the muting stuff. And so it makes it a dual purpose area and you aren't going to close your tab, which I think is nice, but you can't easily tell which tab is, you know, you need to go muting, I guess, if you're or unmute or whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to look for the word. You have to and look for that, it. Mm-hmm. That's a huge departure from, you know, ever since every single browser yep. ever integrated that feature into everything. Icon is more universal than a, than the written word. So Exactly. Yeah. That, I think, is the crux of the issue. Mm-hmm. It didn't need fixing, but right. we fixed it anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm okay with it. I mean- I'm okay with it, too. I- I also have, you know, the ability to read teeny tiny text on a teeny tiny, well, bigger now tab, um, and and I'm able to act on that. But I imagine if uh, if you have any trouble whatsoever reading that text or anything like that, it's it's going to be a challenge for you. So mm, I don't mind it, but I can see how some people might struggle with it. Uh, so that, that maybe maybe a little improvement. I don't know. Just get rid of the favicon and just plop the little uh, the little icon there and the little sound icon instead. I think people would appreciate that way more than having the YouTube icon and you know having the little sound icon behind it. Mm. You know, here here's a question: Does the word take up as much space as actually adding the icon there? I mean, you know, or, you know, putting that at the front of the of the tab name, you know, next to the favicon, maybe you got another symbol oh, true. next to it, right? So mm-hmm. when you actually write out muted or whatever, doesn't that take up the same amount of space that an icon would or pretty close to it? Uh, The icon would have to be pretty small because the text is pretty small. Yeah, but, but it's uh, close, I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, honestly, your idea is fantastic. I like that better. Just, uh, just, just so- squish it over a little bit. Yep, sound icon, favicon, title, no need for words. Everybody without reading, even people that cannot read six year olds, I'm looking at you, uh, can still. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Still, right? You can figure that out. And, you know, folks that, that, um, folks like that aren't, it's, it's harder for them to get a hold of the whole, you know, playing muted autoplay blocked whatever thing kind of figured yeah, out i think it just registers in your mind a lot faster so you're able yeah. to process it you know that much yeah, better it does there's a reason we went to icons mm-hmm. you know there, there's a reason why hieroglyphics are you know pretty decent in a lot of cases yeah you could say a lot of things with a picture yep exactly but speaking of picture they removed them out of the uh ham- hamburger menu i hate saying that word but hamburger menu pancake um, menu I like that. Waffle? No, that's that's a Google thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that thing where all your options and print and bookmarks and all that stuff. We had icons there, mm-hmm. and now we don't. Now we don't. Now we get all words again. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, again, I'm, I'm of the same mind. You know, I can f- figure it out. I don't really ever go in there for any reason other than to click on settings anyway. Right. So, Eh, You probably don't uh, go there a lot. Yeah, well, and here's another nice thing, though, is with the new Firefox, when you first, you know, start it up, it asks you a few questions and goes through a few things, mm -hmm. you know, asks you what, you know, what do you want for a theme as far as dark light, follow the system theme, you know, that sort of thing. That was nice. That's nice. So that that saves me from going into the menu and figuring out, you know, how to turn it one way or the other. So I can Mm -hmm. do it right there as soon as I start up. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good feature. Yeah. Heck yeah. Definitely so. So yeah, the, the the experience that you get when you first install Firefox is actually pretty good. I like that. Yep. I think they've vastly improved that, honestly. Yeah, Vivaldi's is better though. <clears throat> well it is. It runs you through what? F- a few more things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How much Vivaldi do you want? Ah, yeah, there it is, man. Just give me the essentials. I only need the basics. 
But that is that is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think everything else is pretty much the same. Uh, you know, from a from a I use it all the time kind of standpoint. The icons uh, on the uh, you know the back and forward and refresh and whatever those kinds of icons they've got a little bit of a facelift, but you know generally everything is in the same spot. Everything looks the same. So really, it just seemed to me to be just cosmetic things that uh that have changed um you know outside of the little things that uh that mozilla will do like you know web render is now better in 89.0.1 um and there was a linux specific fix in 89.0.2 um you know those those little things those will always happen but you know the i feel like overall the facelift is pretty good I I don't dislike it at all. I've come to I've come to terms with the little playing thing. Yep. Um, yeah. Same here. So yeah, o- overall it's pretty good. I I do I do like it. I'll say the other thing that you got me going on was uh, Firefox on the mobile. Mm-hmm. And uh, I when they f- first did their big makeover on on Firefox on the mobile, yes. I ditched that really fast. I'm just going to say it was pretty awful experience compared to the way it was before. And so um, I tried the new Firefox on my mobile and um, I'm liking that a lot better than I did initially. So that's been a big improvement. I've, I've been able to, you know, get back to the way I had it working pretty much for the most part um, before. And uh, it hasn't crashed a lot. That was, that was another problem I had when they first came out with that. It just, it crashed way more than I liked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, that's all. what I had heard. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'd heard. One of the one of the things that I enjoyed when I was still on Android uh, with Firefox is the ability to continue to add add-ons. Oh like yeah, you mm-hmm. you block Origin was my favorite add. It's it's the one add-on. If I had to choose one add add-on out of all the add-ons, it would be that one. Um, and you could do that on Android. Can you still do that now? Do you? I don't know. know. I need to try that. I need to try some add-on things. Right. And but one of the things that they do integrate into the browser even on mobile is the tracker protection yes, and yes, the uh yes. and and uh it'll block some ads. I imagine it's the loud, you know, autoplay video ones that scream yep. at you. Yeah, the um, ones that take over I, I, your page and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. And and that's something that, you know, Chrome won't give you and Safari won't necessarily give you. Right. Vivaldi um, does some of that on the mobile. They'll they'll block some of those things. Um Right. And Firefox isn't terrible at it or at least I haven't noticed any horrible things taking over my browser. Right. Yeah. Nothing has screamed at me. Yeah. Maybe some of that, you know, they just had to get that refined and maybe that was what the crashing was all about. I don't know. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's been a lot better. Absolutely. Yep. 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 So, uh, I mean, I use Firefox as my daily on uh, on the phone. I use my fi- I use Firefox as a daily on uh, the desktop. You know, what's funny and I've been thinking about using it is I don't use Firefox Sync. You, you would think. Oh yeah. If I use Firefox everywhere, I would probably use Sync, but I don't know, my tinfoil hat's on too tight. For, yeah, I don't do for that something either. like that. Although I yeah. will say like so the password if I was going to pick a, a a password manager in a browser, I'd probably oh. go I'd probably go with the Firefox one because it's actually yeah. like lockwise. It's not it's mm-hmm. it's a it's I don't personally use it, but if I was going to, that would be the one I'd pick. So it seems a little better. Yeah, we both use Bitwarden, but yeah, yeah if, if it came down to it, if we had to use a browser one, I would probably put my trust in Lockwise over uh, really anybody else's, to be right. honest. Yep, I agree. Definitely so. Well, what else you got on Firefox? Any other kind of cool thing? Anything that has upset you lately? 
Um, I don't know. There, there has been some conversation, um, around, well, so I, I spotted a new thing and I haven't told you about this yet, actually. So this oh, is, this oh, is a, this, re- is, this, this is, is a reveal. Um, okay. I noticed that they, they've started, Mozilla has started a project. Um, and I guess, I guess it's been out for a little while where they are taking, uh, voice samples and oh. they're, they're basically, utilizing those for accuracy in things you know open source projects because open source projects don't necessarily have access to all of those ai things and so this right. is this is allowing them to do data analytics on real voices and well un- unless you want to know what beans are right right yeah since what think about are that, beans like, <laughs> right and uh they have two things you can contribute uh, you can oh. contribute your voice. Get out of here. And you can also listen to other voices and give feedback about accuracy thereunto. So. Well, 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 well. If you ever had the uh, the question in your mind, how do you contribute to a free and open source project? Well, I guess this is one way to do that. And if I'm going to trust anybody with biometric data, about myself, I probably yeah. won't. But yeah. if I were, if I would, uh, yeah, it would probably be Mozilla. You don't have to create account an account to do this. So there's mm. that as well. Okay. So this is called Common Voice. Yes. Okay. I have heard this name, but uh, yeah. Okay. So tell me about this. What's this? So let me read this right off the webpage. All right. It says, voice is natural. Voice is human. That's why we're excited about you creating usable voice technology for our machines. But to create voice systems, developers need an extremely large amount of voice data. That's where we come in, right? Mm-hmm. And so most of the data that used by large companies isn't available to the majority of the people. Correct. We think that stifles innovation. So we've launched Common Voice, a project to help make voice recognition open and accessible to everyone. Okay, if Mycroft doesn't jump on this and, I mean, fully integrate all of the data that they possibly can off of this, Mycroft, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but but this is fantastic. That's, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, Google is collecting and Apple is collecting all of this data all of the time. Every time you say, wait, do I, do I say it or do I do the weird... Uh, hey, a word and hey, yeah. s word, <laughs> whatever, right? You say those things, and immediately those devices are recording and storing and analyzing and all this machine learning jazz about your voice. There has to be, and who better than Mozilla to put forward something that lets everybody else play in the sandbox, whereas there was no sandbox before. This is the sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. And so I looked at this earlier and it looks like it reset or whatever, but um, it seems to be a very popular thing to contribute to because like, I I think their daily um, target is 1200 voice clips a a day contributed and um, like 2400 people, you know, things listened to and they had shattered that. There was like 8100 voice clips that had been contributed like earlier wow. when I looked at it earlier today and it, it reset at some point it's at 61 now but um 
it, so they they were they were nailing the mark on on this. It's it seems to be very very popular. Wow, that okay, man. I mean, I, I love it. I love it um, because even um, what JingPad OS, right? I mean, they they like yes. skyrocketed past their uh, their original goal of fifty grand. They hit they're like at a hundred something thousand dollars as a recording. Um, but yeah, and so I, I love it when companies and groups and people that are working for Linux or for open source or for freedom, things like that, when they just totally skyrocket past what they wanted, that, that tells me that there's a ton of people out there that care about this stuff enough to, you know, be nerdy enough to know about it in the first place, right? Because, I mean, is this newish? Yeah, I, heard I, about I this? don't know how new it is. It's new to me. Yeah, and I know exactly. it's new to you. So I mean, yeah. I thought it was pretty fantastic. I had to had to drop that in here somewhere. And you asked about more Mozilla stuff, so there yeah, we go. Yeah, this, this this is it. This is it. Yeah. So for whatever whatever your opinion on Mozilla is, I mean, they they do a lot of good, a lot of good, and a lot of good work. And this is just another notch in the belt of they really are about what they're talking about. They really are about you know making this stuff free. Hmm. Man, that's great. So do, can I just upload the podcast and let them have our voices? I mean, because we're maybe, content. yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> That's hours and hours of content, Dan. Oh, <laughs> they're probably already listening to that anyway. Pro- okay, yeah, probably. You know, honestly, if if they're not scraping podcasts and using that for voice data, um, I feel like you're doing kind of a disservice to yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a content rich area that you should be mining well especially with uh, all the praise we pass their way ah uh, yeah true true yeah i don't stab them as much as i should but uh yeah they do a lot of good i like it so simon peter uh who is the creator of app image and uh newly the creator of hello system had uh gone back and uh subtweeted is that the word i don't know i'm not yeah. hip to the to tweeted the tweeter to, language tweeted to the tweet yeah, you go, right? Yeah, yeah. So he uh, was talking about uh, our opinion or, or kind of our take, which was um, on the Nitrix episode. Yes, it was. Yep. That's it. Um, and so uh, he had some he had some thoughts. So he had said uh, under that tweet, under our post of the Nitrix episode, he said, hello, app image author here. The recommended way to get an app image is straight from the original software author's download page, like on Windows and the Mac before app stores. In fact, this is why appimage.github.io, which is what we had used on the show to, yep. kind of, you know, to get a lot of our app images, he, he continues, does not contain direct download links. Uh, personally, I think app stores, at least the commercial ones, are terrible. It's not the operating system vendor's business which applications you run. Just my two cents. And Epic Games seems to agree. So uh, under that tweet, I sub, sub, sub tweeted <laughs> that one. <laughs> yep. How low can we go? Yeah. Um, uh, I tweeted to him, uh, one of the less guys here, thanks for the work you put into App Image. It made my time with Nitrix awesome. I don't mind the go get it paradigm. I do it a lot with devs now, uh, like in my case with Discord. Mm-hmm. But I guess in Linux land, I'm so used to repos and Flathub that I forget the old ways. Mm-hmm. I also like the first party hosted App Images being the official way to get them. My only gripe is that software isn't always app image, and it's hard to know if or when one will exist without a tracker of sorts or a lot of legwork. Not app image's fault, just friction I've noticed. 
So we'll stop with the the, the back and forth conversation right there. Uh, Dan, what do, what do you think about um, that app images are meant to be hosted at the author's page? That's that is the official stance of the creator of app image. That's how it should be done. I don't really have a problem with that. Um, I think it you you're onto something with the discoverability aspect of things. It makes them them harder to find just on a whim, right? Having a collection yeah. of them, even if it even if it like appimage.github.io, even though that takes you to the actual page, I think having that collection of links someplace is is a good thing in you know getting the discoverability of the different app images that are out there and knowing what the possibilities are because like you said not all the applications are available in an app image format so without that I'd, i i don't know right in a perfect world we would have one right one way to get apps not a repo, not Flatpak, not Snap, not app images, not, not, not. We would have one, everybody agreed on it, way. And if that were app image, I think Simon Peter would be right and there would be no discussion to be had. Go to the website, download the app image, double click on it, and everybody's happy. That's that's the deal. But I think and where I was coming from in that comment was we don't live in that world. Not because yet. we have I mean, Krita is a good example on mm-hmm. uh, for for Simon Peter's point. You go to krita.org, you download. You know, if you're on Windows, you download the XE. If you're on Mac, you download the DMG. If you're on uh, Linux, you download the App Image. The end. Right. If you prefer Flatpak or Snap, or you just you know don't know any better, and you go to the software store and type in Krita, you're gonna get one of those, not the App Image. Right. But you know that it's just. What if I wanted Firefox? Where do I get the app image of Firefox? I mean, there isn't an official app image of Firefox, and that that's that's kind of the crux of the issue that I have with uh, with that, because you can't you right. can't just go to Firefox dot what is it com I don't know I, or, I never get Firefox know, yeah. that way so I, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't yeah, actually know does. what their website is but uh, you can't just go there and download it so. If if that were the way to do it, if App Image really was the de facto standard, then he would absolutely 100% unequivocally be right. Mm-hmm. But it's just not the world that we live in. We have too many options. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's I actually either. a good no. thing. I, I think it's a real good thing, honestly, to have too many options. And uh, you find the one that works for you that way. And you get to stay in the ecosystem that you want to stay in. Mm-hmm. And um, it really pushes the applications out there um, to everyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? What what I would like to see, if, uh, if, if Simon Peter really wants to push this idea mm-hmm. forward and that, you know, websites should host their own app images, then what I would like to see is not a store. Baugh is fantastic. Yeah. But – not a, not a, not a store to go get them or anything like that. What I would like to see is maybe a sub page on the app image web page that lists all of the companies that make their own app image. Yeah, so the official I ones. Get the official ones at these ex- places. Exactly. If I can go get an official thing, Bitwarden is a great example. 
You can get the flat pack. You can get the snap, but it's not official. Go right. get the Bitwarden app image, and that's official. You have the the confidence level is boosted on that. Bitwarden puts it out themselves, so it's easy for you to download it and feel good about double-clicking on that executable and saying, yep, all of my passwords, totally secure. Yeah. So if the developer creates the app image and they test the app image and then right. they promote the app image, then you know that's going to be the one that you probably want to go with, like you said. Yep. Like the other formats are also in existence, but that may not be the one that they push for harder. So it's not saying they won't work. It's just maybe not as tested. And right. like, that, that I, matters. I, exactly. I mean, I feel very confident running the next cloud snap. Because mm-hmm. Nextcloud publishes it. Yeah, and so, it works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That That's a very big um, sticking point for me. If it's official, that's how I'm going to get it. Right. So, yeah, if, if, if you're going to make it official that way, then, yeah, like trumpet it from the rooftops and let me know, and I'll, I'll be more than happy to swap over from whatever format I'm using to an app image because it's official. Right. Well, he and he made another point that I want to touch on here is that the stores, especially the commercial ones, and I can think of two of them, um, are are horrible. And uh, the the W one is particularly horrible um, in that it just has all kinds of crafty things, and it you you it makes it very. At least I haven't used it in a little while, but I think it's still the same. It makes it hard to find actual programs that you want to use. Like they, they, they just they don't have a good system. Right. I mean, we we were kind of having this conversation before, where I mean, the the Windows Store is like Google's Android Store yeah. before they really got good at moderating what was going in yeah. there. I mean, you, you still get the one off, you know, creepy crawly in there, and you know, same with the uh, same with the Apple Store or what? What I don't even know. What you I call think it, that's curated a little better, but it's also very closed. So that right, that's not once good you, either. Well, once you ramp up at least the moderation of what goes into your store, I think uh, you, you have a better experience. But I mean, to, to Simon's point, I mean, they're, they're not amazing. No, so they're not. I, I, I can totally see, you know, having the, uh, the, the curated apps up at the top telling mm-hmm. you what you want to download or what you should use for a specific instance or Well, even if you uh, listed them by popularity, I suppose it'd be better than what they've got going on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Definitely. So um, Simon goes on to say a little bit later, um, but let's also think of the users who are already on an application web page. There often used to be a downloadable file for Windows and one for Mac, but none for Linux before AppImage. But long-winded distribution-specific instructions likely involving the Mm. command line. He's got a really good point here. Yeah, very good point. Yeah. Linux ain't ever going to be adopted unless it's easy. And if, if... if if you can get people to uh, do what they already know, which is download a file and double click on it, then you know it's it's probably not going to be as easy. It's not going to be easy enough. Yeah. So I mean, the operating system is only a little bit of it. Like getting it installed, we we we've gone through those enough times to figure out which ones are easy and which ones are not. And yeah, can you install it alongside your Windows and or not? And then, you know all of those things. We've gone over that before, and. I think the next step is, well, what applications can I actually run on that, right? Because that's the biggest challenge. And if you don't make mm-hmm. that experience easy, then um, people are going to be turned off from that. Right. 
And I mean, you know, Canonical's doing a great job of putting together yeah, snaps and all of that kind of thing and well, making snaps that easy. And there's and, a lot of applications in in the in the repos themselves. So exactly. I mean, that, that makes it great. There's some of the you know the other distributions are doing the same thing. They're they're hitting the mark. Yep. They got flat packs. Those are also helpful. And you know, Fedora's got a bunch of stuff in their repos. Debian, every, right? You know, all of those people, right? So what, one thing that that caught me off guard was uh, Plex Amp. So mm-hmm. up long, you know, back in the before time, I bought uh, the Plex Lifetime Pass. Yeah. And that allows you to use Plex Amp, which is basically just like, I don't know, uh, Spotify right. for your own collection. And it's it's amazing. I love it. But it's a flat pack now. Mm-hmm. So it's just way easy for me to get it. So it, it's it's easy for me to gravitate toward that and and use that kind of thing. Yeah. We got to get the applications in front of the people because that's going to be... Um, what they need, what they want. They want it easy. They don't want to have to go through a, they don't want to compile things and install and make, make this, make that. No, nobody wants to do that stuff. And there's, and there's already someone, uh, that runs Arch telling us that the AUR is super easy. Well, even the AUR, (laughs) so technically, if you were going to do, uh, an application from the AUR, you would build it yourself, um, not use an AUR helper, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you're you're actually building the application real time on your machine mm-hmm. when, when you when you pull something down from there. It's not a binary. You're not pulling down the binary. You're pulling down the build script to to actually build that in real time. But like we said, people. I mean, the people that run stuff from the AUR want to run that that way because they know right. what goes into it. But somebody just wanting to run the application is not going to go through all that effort. Yep. Exactly. So I think I think overall Simon's really on a good thing. I mean, mm-hmm. app images are fantastic. They're so easy to use. Um, you don't have to have any kind of operating system or distro specific knowledge to be able right. to run an app image. That I think is why app images have the popularity that they have. Right. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, all things considered. App images are great. Mm-hmm. They're they. I can totally see them being the superior option in a lot of in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to user facing applications, applications that don't need a lot of you know hooks and things into the system or whatever. You know, like Plexamp. It just you, you sign into a thing and you just press. You know, the, the app is within all of that. I, I think that's that's fantastic. A great uh, way to get app image out there and you know show people that app image works it's easy yeah um but yeah i guess it just doesn't have a steam behind it well and i'll say i think some of the other formats have uh have enthusiasts for a reason there's some things that Mm. that make them good um but uh convenience here might might be the key the key takeaway for for an app image yep my my final thought on this is something that i tweeted around january of this year and it was, I, I forgot what app image I was using. It was probably Bitwarden. Mm-hmm. But I know that making app images system-wide and easy and searchable in your little menu of whatever kind, it's it, it can be done. There's right. app image D and then there's uh, the other app image thingy that will integrate them into the system. Uh, you know, what I want, I think, you know, from a non-technical point of view, from just a what the experience should be like, what I think would be fantastic is if when you double clicked on an app image and it popped up like a DMG does on a Mac mm-hmm. 
and to install it into the system, you drag just it into drag the, it right like, over. It's yeah. just, you just drag it into the folder and drop mm-hmm. it, and now it's system wide. Yep, you drag it into your applications folder. Done. That I think is. I mean, Mac had it right. That is taking it a step further than it is, and it probably would be an improvement. Right, and I mean, you know, that's what Nitrix did. Yeah, that that was the whole reason that I enjoyed AppImage there is because when you downloaded one, it actually took away that step. Right. Actually, I think that was probably the reason that I made that tweet was I that might have been. They made it so easy on Nitrix when you got an app image. It was just immediately part of the system. I would not mind whatsoever if I double clicked on it and was like, hey, you got to install this. You just, you know, big old arrow to a folder, drag, drop, done. And now I can use it however I want. That that I think would be kind of the, the end game. If app image could get to that point, I feel like adoption would be a little easier sure. on, you know, folks. You know, of course, you know, getting people to actually make the app images is a is a huge hurdle. But uh, as far as usability goes, right, I think that that might be the way um, to to get at it. And uh, Simon also added a um, to to the end of all of that conversation, he uh, added a link to one of his blog posts on Medium.com uh, called "Make It Simple." Linux desktop usability and specifically part six. He's got, um, you know, obviously six parts to this. And, you know, he made a lot of reference to a lot of this stuff and how it used to be back in uh, Next Step and early Mac OS yep. days. Um, how, you know, I get it didn't look pretty. It doesn't have to look pretty. It just has to be usable. Mm-hmm. So you have to spend a lot of time thinking about how it presents itself to someone that doesn't know. Yeah. anything about any of this and yeah i think i mean or way way early on mac had it right uh it was it was super simple it was way less steps than windows and an exe or an msi yeah. right mm-hmm. um just drag drop done yeah, use the it, thing you don't have to hit next 15 times and all that <laughs> nonsense right yeah. yeah pick pick which yeah. drive you want to put it on whatever yeah exactly so I, i'm in that camp if you make app, app images behave like dmgs on a mac i'm happy uh, i mean I, I would be a app image convert today mm-hmm. that that would be all it would take that'd be cool I, I well listen i think they're great i think the other formats are great too i'm sure we're not done with this uh, conversation of which you know format your application needs to come down in it, it, i don't think this is over i think uh i think we'll have a lot of discussion for years to come um and uh everyone has their own opinion on it and uh i'm sure they'll chime in on this too yeah, well, we have the distro wars, um, so now we have the format wars. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll keep talking about this forever. So if you have an opinion on this, um, you know. Don't at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, so don't at Dan, at me. I want to know what, what, what exactly is it that pushes you to like a specific type of format? You know, are you a, a flat pack convert? Are you a snap convert? Are you an app image convert? Do you not care at all? You know, you just software works however software works. You mm-hmm. know, what's your opinion on this? Let us know. And um, yeah, I, I like this conversation. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting one. It's a, it's a technical one a lot of times, but um, it's a fun one to have. Hey, you tried logging on to Freenode lately? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> your Nick's, your nope. Nick's gone anyway, Dan. You couldn't. Oh, I'm you couldn't sure they've it. changed my password. My Nick is gone. <laughs> I've been banned oh, on every channel there is. I, prob- oh, I probably man. said uh, Liberia Chat somewhere and uh, yeah. that banned me up. Yeah, I, I had I had a big opinion on the format wars, but I haven't used IRC 
at all in a very long time, except for very, very specific reasons to get on. And then I got right back off. So what has happened to Freenode? Yeah. So I've been a pretty heavy user of IRC for a while now. Um, We use it, you know, very heavily in Ubuntu and obviously for Lubuntu. I mean, uh, big, big on all of those things, but a lot of other projects are also there for support and chat and development and, and things like that. So I'm in a bunch of channels. I'm probably in 35 or 40 channels. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. And you, and you are an IRC user. All right. So, and I was on Freenode before the, the big uh, demise. And I know this has been discussed in other, other, uh, um, podcasts and whatnot. So I won't, I won't get into that too much. I'll, I'll talk more about my experience. So in, uh, Lubuntu, we, um, this, this started to go down and, um, you know, the, the big takeover, if you will, uh, from Andrew Lee. And we were concerned. So we had planned on moving, um, to the other, <laughs> other network, uh, Liberia chat. And um, so we started to make some plans there and we started to announce said plans so that all of our users could find their way over there as well. But what we found was uh, in doing so, they basically took over our channels and anybody that was an operator in those channels was not an operator anymore. And uh, they actually moved um, folks into a sub channel, if you will, like Instead of, you know, normally you got the one little hashtag in front of your your name. And then, like, if you got two little hashtags in there, that means you're like an off-topic sort of channel or whatever. So they moved our support channel to, you know, hash hash Lubuntu. And uh, so then it, you know, made it seem not legitimate. That that was your first mistake, Dan. You, you, you can't talk about the rule one of Freenode is you can't talk about any other IRC anything besides Freenode. That's rule not. one. So much for freedom. L- listen, look, look, the the freedom comes after we get rid of everybody that doesn't agree with us. Well, we'll get into that because there's some blog there's a blog post here that that that's just going to blow you away. Oh boy. Um, yeah. And so um that was the beginning of the end. And so we had started to move people and some people were still left behind. And then there's a big divide and nobody knows where to go. And it's just, it started a, a huge chain reaction. And so once, once things, uh, you know, once the operators are no longer in control of their channel, you can't hardly stay. So that was a hurry up offense, if you will, for all of the other Ubuntu channels in, in addition to not just ours, everybody. Yeah. And so. There's a big ordeal with all of that. There's a lot of bots and stuff that, you know, set, you know, put stuff out into the channel so that, you know, when a new uh, binary, we'll say when a new binary happens in, in the Ubuntu archive, it shows up in the, uh, in the archive, you know, shows up in the, in the, in the channel so that everybody can see that because there's a bot that's driving that. When a new bug gets created, there's a different channel for that so that you can see this new bug came out and everybody can kind of watch that and see the new bugs and and be able to triage them and and whatnot. So there's a lot of usefulness in that too. So there's a lot of dominoes that need to happen. All of those needed to get moved over to the other network and uh 
it it was we did it in I say we I wasn't wasn't really me but I did some publicity behind it it happened in a short amount of time much shorter than anyone could ever imagine I feel like so within a week everything moved yeah yeah that's exactly what I was gonna say I mean as I'm watching this from the sidelines I don't really have a dog in this race um but yeah it took about a week yeah and everybody was gone. Uh, you know, and I, and I was one of early on. I was one of the. Ah, oh, you know what? Just, 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 just wait and see. Let's see yeah. what's going to happen with all of this. I mean, it it can't be that bad, right? And I was wrong. It was that bad. It it really, absolutely, a hundred percent was that bad. And I don't fault anybody. You yeah. know, looking back now, I don't like, fault anybody for having that knee jerk reaction of "Let's get out of here." Well, like I and and so I don't really know the ins and outs of the the politics behind the network and the network, you know, the network operators, if you will, the the volunteers that were running all that. I don't know those people personally, and I don't know any of the details behind all that. I just know that it went really south, and we had all had to move real real quick. Well, the day that um, all of the are, are they called ops? Is that yeah the operators? Yeah, them? ops. All of all the the top dogs on that oh yeah all had a resignation mm-hmm. pre-filled out ready to go at the press of a button yep that was um yeah something's going down yeah <laughs> when when something like that a coordinated resignation like that is gonna happen uh yeah that's the first sign of trouble yeah that was that was definitely the first sign of the trouble and um so then we all followed, but shortly thereafter, like a couple of days into that, um, they 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 started blocking IRC Cloud, and that's a really popular service so that people can stay connected to channels and use their use use a web page to to get oh. onto the IRC, and it just stays connected in the background, so you don't you you can look at the the log history, if you will, of what happened. In channels, and so that's that's nice if you don't have an IRC client or a bouncer or one of those things to be able to to look at the the history. And so once they started blocking that, that's I think that was really the the nail in the coffin, or at least what I noticed. Once that happened, you booted up most of your users off. So right, and I mean because it it sounds like to me that they're I mean the the intent with uh, for that is to create their own version of that and and they did i guess they they sort mm-hmm. of have their own thing going on now um right but i don't know how much i trust any of that right so i don't know just this fishy thing after fishy thing none of them on their own i think was enough to really uh, well, okay. Well, uh, other than you know, like- well, once I started, so listen. I, once I started scratching the surface on some of the the Lee owned uh, things, like mm-hmm. between both the uh, Lee brothers, Andrew and Alex, um, it just looked it looked very connected and it seemed very shady. In addition mm. to, or at least I don't know how you you feel about it, Leo. But like like I was saying, I mean, the things in isolation weren't necessarily that bad until the turning point for me. On this, um, on you know, give them, oh, we'll give them some time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll figure it out. Was when they started banning people for 
advertising additional channels all over on Libera or mm -hmm. on a different whatever. The moment they did that, that was my 180 moment for, right. yep, okay, well, there goes all of the benefit of the doubt. There's there's no doubt in my mind these guys are going for some kind of takeover to, um, you know, I, I don't know what it's for. I don't know why you would alienate everybody I don't that know. has been on the most popular um what is what, what do you call free node what what actually is it's an irc server? network yeah irc no, network 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 there you yeah. go right why, why would you alienate your the most popular network and we've seen it in the charts oh yeah we, like <laughs> oh it's it's yeah one is going you know up like this and the other one is going down like that right and they've crossed a while ago now and uh yeah yeah it's 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 shades different yeah it's it's it, really it, is yeah. um it definitely so, so is in 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 my discovery of the companies themselves, uh, I feel like there's a lot of shell games going on there, and no exact pun intended on that because that is one of the names of the companies, right? Shells.com. dot com. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't an uh, an intentional pun, even though it works out that way. Yeah. Um, because it seems the 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 imperialfamily.com page is what kind of yeah. leads you as as the opening of the umbrella and then there's all these other things that fall underneath and yeah. free well, I mean, look, it looks like uh some stock wordpress theme with a few things that they do yeah there's not a lot of substance um, to that page yeah. um <laughs> but um when you when you start diving down in like shells and freenode and irc.com all of those things are underneath and uh that that was it just I don't know. It seems weird to be organized that way. If, right. if you're not intentionally doing something, um, why are you doing it that way? I guess I have to wonder. Mm -hmm. So what about this thing on uh, IRC.com? So introducing IRC.com by Freenode. What, what's your take on this thing? Well, I got to read this because it almost doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and the only way I can, I don't know what it means, but I'm going to read it. Uh, one score and a little over two years ago, IRC was created by the great and honorable uh, Yarko Oikarinen. Oikarinen. I'm go with. Oikarinen. Yeah. Yeah that, yeah, that sounds good. It's had its ups and downs from the era of net splits to the era of cancel culture. However, we're proud to announce that we've completely drained, obliterated, in parentheses here, the, the swamp, removing the shackles on progress, and now we're sailing the blue seas. Yar! Now we go onwards. Does that... There's subtext here. They're... <sighs> One score and a little over two years ago sounds a lot like four score and seven years ago, and so it's, it's hearkening back to this U.S.-centric idea of freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, then you get into current i guess uh socio-political climate of yeah, with the cancel, cancel culture, culture yeah. and all of this and then the and then you know that there's a finer point on that with the drain the swamp thing Eesh. and uh now we're sailing so because of all of that subtext just leaking off of those first couple of sentences i can't help but see some kind of subtext on the sailing the blue seas and a yar like Piracy? Yeah, we the, we we're pirates and we took it over. Or what? That's what it sounds like. That is exactly what it sounds like. We have boarded your ship and kicked you all off, and now we are. Look at me. I am the captain now. Like that's what that sounds like to me. So 
already that just we're... doesn't feel good at all does <laughs> what, what? it no that's crazy yeah. and and it was on purpose though like you can't yeah. let and it's only two sentences but you can't let those sentences go out on irc.com as one of the the most popular posts on this website so far and not know what that sounds like yeah no that's it, what it that had to be intentional like. it had to be intentional oh i don't know yeah I, I i got i don't know how to spin that into a good you, me either. <laughs> uh, un, uh, unless you're unless you're a freedom loving pirate, I guess that's well, that's it. <laughs> I like freedom, but I'm not sure about piracy. Yeah. <laughs> and and they go on and talk about the Freedom Digital Autonomous Zone. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's all about freedom, unless you want to talk about going to LaBearChat, in which case your freedom doesn't matter, and we're going to kick you off the entire network if you even venture off to pretend to talk about any other network because it wasn't just libera chat it was oftc probably any of them yeah right anybody posting any kind of escape hatch in any channel whatsoever that uh that that the uh, folks that are going to ban you for honestly even if you you switched mediums and you went to like matrix or um right you you went to discord or one of those places they, they weren't happy about that either if there was an escape hatch that's not freedom no so okay that's cool, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I mean, okay. So further on in the in the write up, there they've got a desktop and a web app, and that's really cool. You can use server bnc.freeno.net at port six six nine seven with SSL enabled. Great, you can enter in with a username and a password and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so that's cool. Yep. But um, huh? So at, at the end of this, I mean, they they do their normal things, and you know, power of the people cannot be stopped, and. Hooray. But then you end on this. Freenode is IRC. Freenode is FOSS. Freenode is freedom. Except for in the ways that Dan and I have been discussing this entire time, right? Of course, not that freedom. That's the different kind of freedom that doesn't mm-hmm. include, not, not included asterisk here. Not your freedom. <laughs> this, yeah. This last sentence is what gets me. Ask not what you can do for Freenode, but what Freenode will do for you. So, Another U.S. centric, uh, you know, harkening yeah, back to absolutely. John Kennedy. Yep. Okay. Cool. And then IRC is back. Where did it go? It was always here. People were using it the whole time. <laughs> if anything, I don't think so because I think there's fewer IRC users now than there was before. Even if yep. we combine all of the networks that we've got going on. Yeah, Discord's enjoying a few extra users about now, I would imagine. Discord, Matrix, (laughs) I think they all are, right? I mean, probably Telegram, even, you know, the list goes on. Uh, It's probably not IRC at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's been a journey. It sure has been. (laughs) I I don't know what they're on about. I really don't. Um, And I don't know where they plan on going, and I don't know what the users that are sticking around um, well, that's the big are thing. hoping to yeah. get out of it, right? Yeah, and and like you said, I can understand hanging around to see what's going to happen. Well, it's happened, so um, I think you got you know like that blog post. If that doesn't paint the picture, I don't know what does. Housekeeping, housekeeping. Oh. Time to clean your room. It's so dirty in here. Yeah, lots of papers back there. <laughs> <laughs> shuffle, 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 shuffle. The Linux community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. Our showcase this episode has Biddle, or Big Daddy Linux Live. So Except, Nate, 
Except not the same big not the same daddy, big daddy anymore. No, Nate Nate has done a fantastic job of bringing uh, Biddle back, and while he's been at the helm steering the conversation, I think uh, I think he's done a done an excellent job. Absolutely, I've uh, I haven't joined since uh, Nate took over, but I have watched and same. Uh, brigaded the uh, as 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 much brigading as a single person can do the chat. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been, been in the YouTube chat a little bit too, and certainly watched back. It still has a lot of that old feel. I mean, we 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 might oh. not have the same host, but we certainly have the same love for Linux and everything else that came with a our Saturday night biddle. Yeah, so you can join in um, live on the show if you want, even. Or yes. on the YouTube chat, or you can watch it back on YouTube. Um, every Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, I'll let you do your math to figure out what that converts to in your time zone. Look, here's the deal. You don't even have to. Uh, you just go to YouTube and then go to the Biddle channel, and if it's queued up already, it'll tell you exactly when it's going to happen. Google does the magic for you. That's you don't true. have to math at all. Yeah, well, that makes it even better. Feel free to send your emails to contact at linuxuserspace.show, and we can have a discussion about them on the show. Oh, next thing. We appreciate all of our sponsors on Patreon. And um, I don't know that we've been doing a stellar job of meeting all of our goals there on uh, Patreon, but there is only two of us, in case you haven't noticed, and uh, we're going to try to meet, uh, meet those things a little better uh, this season. That is that oh, yeah. is that's one of our goals here. So, oh, we got it. I mean, if if it comes down to giving you guys the raw show, uh, I mean that's that's what we're gonna do. You're gonna get it early. That's the deal. That's the whole point of having all of those tiers and doing all of those things. Is that uh, yeah, yeah, we 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 hold up our end of the bargain. So we'll definitely do that. Yep. Yeah, we hope we didn't bite off more than we can chew, but I think we can we can try to deliver a little better. And uh, we absolutely appreciate each and every one of you. Please follow us on Twitter at Linux User Space to get all the latest announcements for this show and highlights for things that impact your user space. There's possibly a little cheeky banter going on there as well. Always. Mm-hmm. We have our growing Telegram group. Well, I don't know how much growing it has done lately, but we still have it, and we have a lot of good conversation going on over there. Even had some today. You can find out more at linuxuserspace.show slash telegram to continue. One of the things that has been growing is our Matrix channel. So, yeah. Yeah. Please hop on over to the Matrix channel and uh, join in the conversation over there. I'll have the links down in the doobly-doo. And if, uh, you know, none of those things are your jam, uh, we got Discord. And, uh, yeah, I'll also have the link for that as well down there. Lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. And like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube where we got the video. Hopefully. We're going to have video this time. Yeah. OBS, don't crash on us now. Please don't, please don't, please don't. Are you ready to focus, Dan? I'm focused. We're going to focus. We're going to focus so on focused. this app. App. App on focus. Focus on the app. I'm We're going to focus on an app, a specific app. This app is... Wait a minute, I got a tear. Oh, teary. No teary. No, no, wait. No, no teary. Just... Geary. There it is. That's the one. So, Geary. Uh, one of the most boring apps we could possibly choose. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, for a boring thing, 
I think it's one of the best apps that we could choose. Yeah. Uh, Gary's, Gary's an email client. I mean, it is. How, how much more boring can you get? Well, they're all kind of boring. And uh, honestly, when you look at the, uh, the, the dearth of uh, l- mail clients for, the, for any operating system, um, having one that stands out is kind of nice, I think. Yep. Yeah, uh, so I I stumbled across Geary, not like I didn't know its name, not like I didn't know it existed, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that I wanted to use it until uh, I had mentioned earlier in the show that I use Pop! OS a little bit more, yeah. um, kind of on a day-to-day. And the default installed email client on Pop! OS is Geary. And I didn't know Geary was going to hop into my life. Right. Because I, I had tried it before, and I installed it via Flatpak. It's super easy to get a hold of, blah, 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 and it's great for you know email services that don't require really high technical standards, and I don't right. even know if you know, OAuth Google's- OAuth whatnot, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Google's OAuth is a really hard technical standard to add to an email client, but Geary ain't got it. Right. So I, I tried Geary at the first uh, over Flatpak. I tried to do Google Mail, and it was like- you basically have to turn off a lot of security features of Gmail to be able to use it on Geary. And I'm like, nope, uninstall. Yeah. That, that so, defeats the purpose. Ex- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why do I want to do that? So what I found out later on, though, was I wanted to integrate Drive into mm-hmm. Pop! OS because GNOME has that and you can do it really easily. But what I didn't bank on was geary working as well because it didn't work in the past and it wasn't native so it didn't do oauth but somehow through the magic of gnome and their ability to work with oauth Mm -hmm. geary works right yeah what i don't know but i think having that tight integration to the uh, operating system or desktop environment in this case I think that's uh that's kind of a nice thing. It it makes it feel oh, yeah. very native and not a bolt-on thing, which most mail clients sort of do. Not saying right. they don't work well. It's just it's not a bolt-on. It's built in. Right. Y- exactly. So I mean, just as a matter of course of getting integrated into Pop OS, Geary just works. Hooray! Mm-hmm. And. So, it, you know, I, I was already playing with email clients. Thunderbird, everybody knows about it. Most folks use that, um, you know. It's a bit uh, of a I Swiss Army you, knife. It's, you know, I get exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. Right? So, uh, and that worked with Gmail just fine. But the simplicity, I think, of, you know, one app, one purpose mm-hmm. is really what got me to enjoying my time with Geary. It it moves all the other junk out of the way and all you're doing is email. So I I enjoyed not having to let Gmail forget that I was logged in in the middle of a session. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is up with that? Seriously, stop kicking me out, Google. Right. But uh, but right. So, I mean, Geary is always on. If you leave it running in the background, you get immediate notifications, the same as you do on your phone. And that was just Nice. It is nice. So yep. I've I've really gotten to you know use this email client thing, and I, I didn't think I would ever be here. I didn't ever think I would be. Um, I don't know if nerdy is the right word, but nerdy enough to use an email client when I could just go to the web interface and use it just fine or whatever. But yeah, I mean it, the the web interfaces are really good for the most part. Um, yeah, it is. But you know, having a client, I don't know. I, I've I've almost always had a client, I, and I feel like that's a good way to go. 
Right. Well, I guess that makes you a nerd, Dan. And I'm in well, that I group now. Well, I know I'm a nerd. I, <laughs> hands down, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm in that boat now. And, you know, I don't know that I would like to go back to just the web interface. Um, just the way that it handles my emails is just, mm-hmm. it's, it's nice. It's, it's, again, I think it's just the simplicity of it all. Like, I don't have a lot of meat to put into this section because it's simple. That's really it just email. That's all it does. And it's it gets out of your way when you good. don't want it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think that's the thing to highlight is it is simple and it works. And uh, yeah, why not? As long as you're integrating it in with GNOME. Right. But yes, that that's the deal. Uh, but, you know, the, the benefit, like I was mentioning before, was that, you know, when you do integrate it with GNOME, you get all the other stuff too, like Google Drive, and you can just click on it and boom, they're all your Google Drive things. You can upload and download and, you know, all of that. It makes, you know, sharing files with Dan really, really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, we use Drive. We do. It, yeah. Yeah. Wow, you said that like it was a confession. <laughs> a bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We bit. don't have something hosted. I mean, I, I Look, feel... Here's, Dan, <sighs> here's what we're going to do. Me and you are going to set up sync thing. And okay. then we're just going to put all of our audio stuff in there, and we're just going to sync it between each other. Well, that sounds better than the alternative I had in my mind, which was like spinning up a NextCloud instance. Not that that's hard, but you no. know, having something that you know had a bunch of storage attached to it, and one of us has got to go in and maintain and those exactly. sorts of things, right? Like, not saying I can't, and it's not terribly difficult. I just don't want to. <laughs> right. And and again, you know, Dan mentioned that it's just two of us right now. And right. you know, that that may not be what the cards hold for us in the future, but I mean, the fact that it is two, we we got to we got to skim a little off the top, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. thing I think might be a good uh, a good solution. So, you know, if you if you uh that are if you're listening and you have a, an easy an easy solution for us to get files back. And, you know, Firefox Send was, was going to be amazing. It was. There's it other alternatives there, too. <laughs> and maybe we'll have yeah. to explore that a little further. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It's nice not just uh, sharing the files back and forth so much as having a place, a repository, if you will, to right. to store those things long term that is uh, equally a backup as well as a place to share. Because let's face it, I have files in three different locations here and you probably do there um Mm -hmm. but that doesn't share them well and having them off-site someplace well that would be great yeah yeah right right so that that would be nice um but at the very least as long as we can both have the files Mm -hmm. and we can each take our backups that's gonna be that's gonna likely be enough it probably is i'm just paranoid I well, I know, I know, I am, and that—that's exactly why the caveat was we each take our backups. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that way, right? Because backups equals backups minus one. That's that's the equation, mm-hmm. and that's how many backups you have. And that brings us to next time, where we'll have some more great topics of uh, substance, because it'll be a topic-based show. Because all, we, all the all the substance, right? Because, all the substance. Uh, it's going to be super thoughtful, and we're going to spend a lot of time researching everything. Absolutely, and, you know, bringing you only uh, the cream that rises to the top. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's because we haven't announced our next great distro, which will be. Windows eleven. No, 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 never. 
Oh, wait, really? <laughs> okay. No, we're going right. to do KOS, or affectionately called Chaos at times. Chaos. Um, which is... Wait, so is, isn't that just Windows 11? Yeah, that Chaos? might be Windows 11. Chaos <laughs> might be the Windows 11. You're right about that. Well, with, with all the with all the Twitter fluffer, fuffle, fluffer, whatever, whatever is that's going around making the comparisons between KDE Plasma and Windows 11... It may not be that far off, right? Because uh, chaos is based off of well, yeah, uses. it's it's KDE Plasma, so yeah. um, it's it's a guarantee to be a good time. It's a special uh, special case, though, so it's it's one of the independent distros that we wanted to hit, and uh, I think uh, we have a goal to hit uh, most, if not all, of the independent ones, at least so that we can discuss the history aspect of uh, of them yeah because knowing where you come from makes a big difference so we'd love it if you'd follow along and uh give us some feedback on that as well if you have any uh feedback or topics that you'd like to see discussed um please shoot those to us as well yes uh, you know before we even started recording the show um, Jan in Telegram had a really good question about security in Linux. So that is something that I want to put a pin in. And that's something that I want to talk about next episode. Right? Dan, how do you secure your stuff? Stop. Don't say it. That'll be for next time. Yeah, I turn it off. That's the most secure. Yeah, exactly. Right? You just unplug it from the internet and <laughs> you can't get any viruses that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Unless you use your DVD drive <laughs> or uh, pick up a flash drive off the parking lot. That's always a good one. Yeah. <laughs> thank you everybody for listening and for your support where can we find you fine folk <laughs> you can find me <laughs> at kc2bz and you can find me at leo chavez on twitter join us in two weeks when we return to the linux user space It's, you build right. it up the same way, just like a VM. That's the beauty of LXD. It's just like a VM, only you're using, it's containerized, and it's sharing your kernel and all of that happy stuff so that you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. Plus, you can, you can kind of do some network uh, faffery, if you will, to, you know, if you need bridged, uh, you know, networks and stuff, you can do that. <laughs> network faffery. That's going to be a title ne for sure. Network faffery. Yeah, network. Hold I on. Think so. Show titles, network, faffery. I just, I just need to remember to, that I said that. <laughs> you said that. Yeah. But I said that we would use it as a title. Absolutely, it's a good one. Um, okay. So yeah, if you need to do any of that sort of stuff, that's where LXD is kind of nice. I really. Okay. Well, I'll pick your brain about that a little later. Uh, I have, yeah. I have kind of fallen in love with uh, Docker Compose. I do like Docker Compose as well. But like, if you've done VMs, you'd be able to do LXD no problem. Coming up on this episode of Linux User Space, go get your app images yourself. Excuse me, sir. You need to go and get your app images uh, manually, uh, like, like a barbarian, like an animal. When I do the unified controller, I guess mm -hmm. the thing that everybody was like all up in arms about having to cloud this, cloud that, or whatever. Yeah, I don't have that. I mean, between my laziness 
And the fact that I am paranoid of everything, mm-hmm. I never had that, right? So I, that, yeah, that I blew over all of me. But the controller that I have for the uni- for the Unify controller doesn't force you to do that either. Like it offers nope. it as an option, but by default, it's like... Yeah, you just hit no when you log in the first time. Right. Huh. I, okay. Yeah, no, I have I have the uh, Ubuntu um, 18.04. Yep. VM. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny little thing. Actually, no, I don't. I have an LXD container that's 18.04. Oh. Clickbait. How do we clickbait that? <laughs> oh. Simon Peter yells at us.